I'm really, really grateful that you are taking the time in this season to invite us into your home and taking the time to bring your family together on a Sunday morning and sitting around the television or whatever device that you're watching and uh, and joining with us on Sunday morning. It, it, it's a it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing to know that our family is still together. And this is will be our eighth week. Eighth. This is the eighth week of this. And it's, it's, it's just amazing. So today I'm going to just go right back into our series on reset. Last week we talked about time to reset and reconnect and revive. And um, today I'm going to be talking about reset, learning to be content, learning to be content. And I think I think in this season I have had to do some self-evaluation about being content and about, you know, enjoying this season of I'm, I'm going to call it the shutdown, the the uh, the lockdown, the, you know, go. You know, it's just been a different season for me. Now, I've been busy. I, 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 I can't say that I've just been totally sitting at the house because there's still things that we have to do. But but it is giving me some time to evaluate and think about being content and what it really means to be content. So we're very living this very, very, very interesting season of life, which has been giving us the opportunity to rethink and to reset, rethink. And now soon we'll be relaunching. So let's think about that. Reset, rethink and relaunch. Um, there's a song that I really love and it's uh, the heart of worship. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. I'm sorry, Lord, for making it something that it shouldn't be. And I'm coming back and centering around the heart of worship. As we talked about priorities and priorities in our family last week, we talk about priorities in our life and the very focus being around the heart of worship. Our heart is, 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 is meant to be a place of worship and what we do and how we live and and, and everything that comes out of us should come from a place of worship and, and knowing God. Uh, when we live from a place of worship and we make good choices, and that is to make Jesus the very center of everything that we do. It's the central focus of our life, and it's where true contentment comes from. And out of true contentment, we find a place of joy and peace and happiness and all of those things that we really, our heart desires and, and it comes from that place of worship and place of contentment of knowing that who we are and who God is in us and knowing that God is very present in our life at all times. And, and, and that's such a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, unfortunately, oftentimes we, we find ourselves trying to fulfill our dreams from a very wrong perspective a very wrong perspective. As I talked about last week, being really busy and trying to accomplish things and instead of understanding coming from a place of rest and contentment, and that's really where our dreams will come to pass. Uh, we get out of bed in the morning time and unfortunately with swove, this discontentment is woven into our life. And so we jump up out of bed and we're driving to work and we're thinking about that job that we don't like. The job, oh, if I just had another job. I mean, I got to go to work. I got I got to go deal with this job. I, it, it, things would be different in my life if I was on a different job. And then we drive by that new subdivision and we see the new houses going up. And we think, oh, man, if I just had a new house, if I just, 
if I had a new place to live and if, if, if I didn't have to live in my old house, I could just find me a new house, then that would really make my life really great. And then we get to work and our coworkers are talking about, they're talking about their weekend at the lake house and their new cars and boats and jet skis and all the fun that they had. And we're thinking about, man, I worked all weekend on my house and I worked, did this and I, I did chores and, and I wished I had the life of ease and the life that everybody else has, but my life is not that way. And so we, we just keep on thinking about this discontentment, discontentment. And then we get on social media, Instagram and Facebook, and we look at everybody's highlight reels. And, and we see all those things on highlight reels. Of, and we're thinking, oh, my life really sucks. I mean, my life is bad. Everybody else's life is good. And look at my life. Now, you know that people don't put the bad part of their life, for the most part, on social media. And when they do, we don't look at it. We just click and move right along. But we get engaged in people's highlight reels and the, their, their trips to where they go or the things they're doing or this or that or the other. And we think, man, I would love to trade my life for that life. And it's just a big place of discontentment and not valuing what God has blessed us with and what's going on in our life. So there's this never-ending thing. This is never-ending thing. You turn on the TV and there's this advertising telling you you need more. You, you, you drive down the road, there's a billboard that says you need more. You turn on your computer and, and there's a, a flash comes up that says you need more. Your life, is, your life is boring and if you put this in your life, you go on this vacation, you do all this stuff, then your life is going to be great because your life right now without this is bad. Just on and on of thinking of discontentment and I need more. It leaves us never satisfied and always wanting something that we don't have or something different at least. And I just want to talk today about the importance of being content. As I mentioned last week, we spend an enormous amount of money trying to obtain happiness. Obtain happiness and, and, and we want to get all of these things in our life. But honestly, these things does not bring us happiness. And in the, even in this world where we're living in right now, where we have this worldwide pandemic, I know there's a lot of people thinking, if I could just go do a little retail therapy, I would feel better. But the truth of the matter is, is we've got more stuff now than we've got garages and attics and storage buildings to put in. We just got stuff, just stuff. So William Penn wrote these words. He said, seek not to be rich, but to be happy. Seek not to be rich, but to be happy. Riches lie in the bags of happiness and contentment. That's where really our richest moments are, is when we are so thankful and we're so content for what we have. You know, the rich young ruler in the scripture talks about this. It says the rich young ruler really wanted the desire to be a disciple. He said, I want to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so he went to Jesus on a, on a humble knee. He went and bowed before the Lord and said, I want to be your disciple. I want to follow after you. But let's look how Jesus responded to him from the Passion Translation. He said, Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man in Matthew 10. With tender love, he said to him, yet there is still one thing you lack, you're lacking. Go sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Then all of your treasures will be in heaven. I think that's interesting. All of your treasures then will be in heaven. And after you've done this, 
come back and walk with me. Come back and walk with me. He said, look, let's get your priorities and your purpose and your heart right. And I know there's been questions out there. Was God really telling him to go sell all that he has? Let's look at another scripture in Matthew 6. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Your eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. And if your heart is unclouded, then the light floods in. But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate the darkness and it takes its place. Now, now, how profound will it be the darkness within you if the light of the truth cannot enter? If we get our distraction and we're always discontent and we're always thinking about earthly things and we've missed out on the greatest treasure there is. Now, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to get into a theological debate of what the Lord meant when he was speaking to the rich young ruler. But what I want to say today is that I think that the rich young ruler uh, was about the possession of his money. And, and that possession had stopped him from being the, really the thing that he felt he was called to be. So was it the money or was it that he served that money? And the scripture tells us there that we can't serve two gods. So it was, it, is, it was he holding on to something that he thought that could buy him happiness, that could keep him in a place of contentment? Or, or was he willing to give those things up to be what God had created him to be? Our discontentment often uh, times reveals where our heart is. Our discontentment says, hey, your heart is in the wrong place. And I think it's important that we reset that and we, we take a chance th this moment to evaluate that. Where is my heart lying? What, what is my purpose in this life? What am I here for? What am I doing? What really matters? It's time for a reset, right? Philippians 11 says this, 411. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in, to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. And in every circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and, and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Let's read that again. Let's go back to that again. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, or have I learned, for I have learned whatever situation I'm in, to be content. I've already learned that whatever, whether I got a lot or I got a little, I've learned to be content with what I have. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. I know what it means to not have, and I know what it means to have a lot of. And, but in every circumstance, I've learned this amazing secret that in all situations, I can do all things through Christ. What he's saying is, is my life is centered around knowing who I am in Christ and knowing who Christ is and being content with what I have at the moment and not allowing situations to determine my joy, my happiness, my peace. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a guarantee that I spoke to you about in the second week of this whole deal. I would guarantee you that after this pandemic is over and we go back to some part of life that we call normal, there's going to be other things in our life. Maybe the rest of the world won't be going through a situation, but you'll be going through a situation. Maybe the rest of the world will be doing great, but you'll have a bad day or a situation in your life where you don't know where your next check's going to come from or what you're going to eat or 
those things. And if you've learned how to be content with what you have, which this has given us a great runway opportunity right now to practice that, to practice, hey, look, I'm going to narrow the focus and I'm going to learn to be content with what I have. If we're practicing that and we reset our life and we, 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 we make these changes now in these circumstances that have been handed to us, when we get into the next crisis of our life, we'll already be prepared to be content. And I think that's a good thing. What Paul was really saying is I'm really satisfied with what I have at this moment and knowing that God is going to take care of me. And I know that he's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I know that he's going to send the ravens to feed me. And I know that he's going to, he's going, there's going to be a time of giving that I get to give. And there's going to be a time that I get to receive. And to be faithful in the good times and in the bad so that I can learn myself to be content, to be content. Robert Myers uh, writes these comments. He says, Contentment is not just a peaceful, easy feeling or a way to rationalize laziness. It is a deep, easy breathing wisdom that knows what can and can't be changed in our life. And more importantly, knows when, knows when to do and when to wait. Knows when to go, knows when to pause. The content person watches the world closely, but doesn't stare it down and knows how to enjoy things rather than trying to possess them or straighten them out. I think that is so good. Knows how to enjoy life without trying to possess them or straighten them out. Just let life come and learn how to be content, learn how to be thankful. And you know what? We are right in the middle of an opportunity to do so. So I think in this season, we, we, are, we are resetting. We're resetting. And I'm going to talk about a few resets we need to do. First, our perception of how we see life. Let's change our perception. Let's get a new lens, put on some new lenses, and, and, and our change our perception of how we see life. Number two, let's, let's what's important and when it comes to our needs versus our wants. Boy, I hear people say all the time, man, I really need this. No, you don't. You really want it. And we need to learn how to evaluate. Is this a need or is this a want? Now, I know that people would say that God gives us the desires of our hearts. But yes, but he always starts with a place of contentment. And where to tell our money to go and why. I know it, everybody gets weird when you start talking about money, but the Bible talks about money a lot of times because so much of what we do in exchange in life of going about life has to do with money. And so we need to learn to tell our money where it's going to go and learn how to be content with what we have. Reset my calendar and my checkbook and it will help me reset my life. When I reset my calendar, when I look at my days and what, where my treasures are, what have I put most of my effort and my time into? We talked last week about family. How much time are we spending with our family? How much time have I calendar for, for my family? And man, I'm preaching to myself too. It's because like, I need to have more date nights. I need to be more intentional about that. I need to have more one-on-one -on -one time with my kids. And here's the thing, and our lives are busy, so I need to reset my calendar so that I know that I have these times set aside for what's most important. And then reset my checkbook. 
where's my money going? I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to take a few minutes and just talk straight to you today. Over the last month or so, last seven weeks, I've realized that, you know what? We got a lot more money than we normally have because you know why? We're not spending money. We're not out running around, running the roads, wanting something, needing something, seeing what somebody else has and spending money. But you know what I've also found? I found that my family is just as happy today as they were when we were trying to chase after all those things, if not happier. Even right now, while I'm talking this morning, my, my family is, they're, they're having time together and being with each other and they're happy and it's, it's important. So we can chase all of this stuff and spend all this money and, and do all of these things and at the end of the day, still be looking for something else, but let's value where we spend our money and what we're doing with our money. And let's be committed to that. Number one, our perception. Our perception, I'm going back to our perception, having a heart of gratitude. Do you really have a heart of gratitude? Are you thankful for what God has already given you? It is impossible to develop contentment without gratitude. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. They go hand in hand. Contentment comes from saying, man, I'm thankful for what I got. I'm thankful for the car I drive. I'm thankful for the house I live in. I'm thankful for the clothes I get to wear. I'm thankful, God, for the what I have. I'm thankful. When we, when we, when we think about contentment, we th- have to think about the focus on what I've been blessed with. This is what I've been blessed with, not what I don't have. Look at what you have and say, man, look what I'm blessed with. Well, that changes our perspective. Instead of saying, man, I don't have this and I don't have that. And I, if I had this, if I had, no, 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 no. Again, let's look at what we have and say, God, you're so good. I'm so thankful. And when we get a gift from something or someone, let's be thankful for that. Let's be thankful for that. So funny. A few years back, it's been a long time ago, actually, that we got, we, I went out and bought a bicycle for my daughter for Christmas. And, uh, so I bought two bikes for the, you know, for my two youngest kids. And, and one of them came in so excited. They had a bike. And then my little came in and she was so upset. She was so upset because I bought her a bike. And I was like, well, I thought you'd be happy. I thought you'd be excited. And she's like, I don't want a bike. Well, it wasn't really an attitude of discontentment. It was really, she didn't know how to ride a bike and it was fear. Like you bought me a bike and I don't know how to ride a bike. I'd rather had a scooter, something I could handle. Now in that moment, it was a disappointing feeling for me because I had bought her something that I thought was going to make her happy instead of meeting her need. I was trying to fulfill what I thought she would want instead of what she really needed. Now, she did learn to ride the bike and it was a challenge and we was able to do it, but sometimes we are thinking we're gonna do something to make someone happy, but we don't even really take the moment to think about what their needs are. And sometimes people do stuff for us and we don't take the moment to be thankful for what God has blessed us with. Number two, take control of your attitude. Take control of your attitude. Happiness never comes never shows up on the doorstep of discontentment. I'm going to say that again. Happiness never shows up on the doorstep of discontentment. Anytime. We think, well, I'll be happy when I get all of these things. Well, I'll be happy when I get this, go on this great dream vacation. Listen, happiness is a choice. 
And it comes from a place of contentment. And let me tell you something. I've said this many times and I've even said it in our coffee talks over the last few weeks. If you're not happy with what you have, you won't be happy with what you get or where you go. Because wherever you go, there you are. Happiness is a place of blessing and contentment and peace that comes from being grateful for where you are and what you have. Remember, happiness is uh, always built from the place of I'm, I'm working on choosing. I'm planning to, to choose happiness. I'm planning on choosing happiness. So happiness comes from being content, but contentment does not come from being happy. And don't get those confused. Your contentment always is on the front end of happiness. Because if you think you're happy, but you're not content, you'll soon be unhappy. So happiness always shows up when we've made the choice to be content. If you're content with what you have, be thankful for it, and then God will bless you with your next. I think that's so powerful. If I want to be blessed and I want to live with more and I want to have more, then be content. And God will show up with your next. You know, to whom much is given, much is required. I've been given this, so I want to be, I'm required to be thankful for it. I've been given this blessing, so I want to steward it well. I've been given this blessing, so I'm going to be in a position where I, where I'm even not even holding on to what I have. I'm willing to give it away because I know that my contentment comes from the Lord. Number three, and this is going to be a big one here. Breaking the spending habit. Oh, boy. <laughs> you can't buy happiness. You cannot buy it. 80% of Americans, I just looked this up this, this uh, week, is 80% of Americans are at least $38,000 in debt, unsecured debt, uh, above and beyond their, their mortgages. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to think about. But we live in a world that says, borrow, 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 buy, 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 and you'll be happy. That's really not true. As a matter of fact, probably one of the greatest things that I deal with in counseling with people is they're stressed out over their bills and over their money, and it causes conflict in their homes, and they're pressured to work two and three jobs just to obtain that keeping up with the Joneses. And in actuality, we don't even know what the Joneses have. And so we're keeping up with something that's a fantasy, more than a reality. And the truth of the matter is, when we learn to be content, then we'll have a storehouse of money to buy what we need when it comes time to buy it and we won't have to borrow. And I'm guilty of this too. We're all guilty of this. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm saying that we get a time to reset right now and say, you know what? I sat down the other day and I said, look, this whole deal is making me think differently about my finances, about my money. And I redone my budget based on what I'm looking at today and thinking, man, you know what? I want to get out of debt. I don't want to keep living in this place of debt where it's always a strain and a stress on my life. So make the adjustments. Reset your calendar. Reset your checkbook. Make room in your life so that God can give you wisdom and, and he can open your eyes and reveal to you through a place of contentment what you need to do to get out of that place of bondage of debt and you'll be happier, and your family will be happier. 
So the next time you go to buy something and you feel this need, I got to go shopping, I got to go buy something. If I go buy this, it's going to make me happy. Then I want you to ask yourself, am I content with what I already have? Is this something I really need or is this something I need to prayerfully consider before I go out and purchase something more? Would, would, this, would, this, would this really, really change my life or will it just give me something else that I've got to take care of, that I've got to maintain, that I've got to keep up? Now, look, I don't think it's wrong for us to, have, to be blessed and to have things. But when it stresses us out because we're so stretched, we need to ask ourselves a question. Are we really content? Do we really need that? Or are we just in a place of want and not in a place of need? So why don't you prayerfully consider that before you make that decision. And number four, I've already mentioned this a little bit, but stop comparing yourself with others. We look at others in a weird way of thinking, man, if I had what they had, it would change my life. No, it wouldn't. That's not true. Things never change our life. Stuff never changes our life. Being who God created us to be will always change our life and bring great peace and contentment into our hearts. And I think that's true in so many different places. So the scripture tells us don't measure yourself among yourself. That's not wise. So pause for a moment. Pause for a moment about what you think is going to make you happy and ask yourself the question, am I really happy? Am I really blessed? Am I really content with what I have? And do I really need to make that step, buy that new house, buy that new car, buy that stuff, do all those things, or can I be content? So I think in this season, we need to think about reset, reset. Don't just recess in this season, because in this season we could go into a recess and we could chillax and chill out and hang out. And then the, the pressure of being at home and being in this pace will get the best of us. And then we'll go right back to trying to accomplish what we did before that brought us stress in our life. Because a recess is just taking a break from what we already do. But in a reset, we evaluate and we take time and we rethink how we're going to handle life. And I think, I don't think, and I've said this many times, I don't think God has done this to us. I don't think God sent this virus to us or sent this pandemic to us. But I do think that God gives us the opportunity to think about what we're going to do with what's been given to us. And how would I reset my life? So I want to, I want to leave you with these two thoughts that are so important today. Let's reset our finances. Let's reset our checkbook and our reset our calendar and think about those resets in our life. So here's the three words I want to leave, the three R's I want to give you today. Reset, rethink, and relaunch. There's a new and better way to live. And maybe some of the stuff that's been taken away from us gives us a chance to look at and say, do I really need that? Do I really need to go out to eat every night? Do I really need to do all of those things? Do I really? Look, it's great to go out to dinner and, and go feed your family and hang out and have a good time. But, man, just think of all the money you're saving by cooking at home right now. Think of all the family time that's created because you're sitting around the table together. So let's rethink some of this. Let's rethink some of this. 
And then as we get ready to live in God, what God wants us to have, and we live in abundance and in, in the joy of our life that he's given us, and then we'll learn to be content. We'll learn just like, oh, man, I'm just going to rest in this. and so content. And then we're setting ourselves up for God's blessing in our life. And that's where the more comes in. So as we prepare in the next few weeks or months or whenever it might be to relaunch and to go back into the life that we, that we have to get started back at some point, will we set up these foundations in our life? Will we set up this, this, this rest time that we have to rethink, to reset, and to, and, and to get ready to relaunch? So as I've said today, Having more stuff doesn't always mean that you're blessed. But being content with what you have may mean God can bless you with even more. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you. So just, just take the one sitting beside you today. Take their hand. And, and I want you to look around the room today. And I want you to think about all the things God's blessed you with. As you hold the hand of maybe your kids or your spouse or whoever's in the room with you today. Or maybe you're alone. Don't let your loneliness be a place of contentment, discontentment. Be thankful for what God's done for you. Don't take everything for granted, but be thankful, and God will bless you with more. Father, we just love you today. We're so thankful today for the blessings that you have bestowed upon our life. We're so thankful for the goodness of God in our life. We're so thankful that for, the, for just everything you've given us. And Lord, when we sit down at the dinner table, and we say our prayer, let it not just be some prayer that we pray, that we just say that's out of a ritual or out of something we've always done or so we could hurry up and eat, but let us be really thankful for the food that's set before us and that the health that it can bring into our life and the goodness of God that's over us and that we had the money to buy the food or the provision, however it came, that God, you put a meal before us and we're so thankful for that. When we get dressed in the morning and go to our jobs, let us not go grumbling and complaining, but let us go with a grateful heart. Thank you for this job today, God. Thank you for this car that I get to drive to work today. Yes, it might be old and it might have some miles on it, but it's getting the job done, and I'm thankful for that. God, I thank you, Lord, for your peace in my life. I thank you, Lord, for your purpose in my life. And I don't ever want to get that confused with what I have or what I don't have. I want to be content within myself and knowing that I am a child of God and that you are a good daddy and that you will never, never forsake me in any situation. So whatever situation I'm in, whatever comes my way, I choose to be content in Jesus' name. God bless you. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. Can't wait to see you again.